Thank you, Si. Thanks, James. Oh, I'll try not to kick over anything over this gathering. <laughs> Wonderful. If I've never met you, my name's Vaughan, and uh, to everybody that's in the room and those of you that are online, welcome. It's great to be able to just take some time to look at God's Word together. And uh, always get excited about looking at God's Word because He wants to change us and He wants to speak to us through it. But just before we get there, I wanted us just uh, to backtrack a little bit to a, a moment in worship. I felt God putting something on my heart um, while we were in worship and it was with that song, Be the Center of It All. And I felt like God uh, is, is wanting to say to us, did you notice what happened through that song? It's like we were crying out, God, be the center of it all. And then Munya got up and he read three verses from Psalm 23. And as he read those verses, he, he, he explained that God wants to direct and restore and provide and, and all of those things. And I felt like God is saying, um, he wants us to see the order of that. It's like when our hearts cry out, God, I want you to be the center of it all. God uh, loves to hear that. And as he hears that, he speaks. It's not like it's just we are focused on him. He speaks into our life because he sees us. But he wants us to see him. He's wanting us to make him the center of it all. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I think it is, somewhere around there, it says this, that if we seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added unto us. And I feel like what God is saying to us this morning is we've got to get the order right. Sometimes the order is, I'm the center of it all. God, I, w I want more of this for me. Move for me in this area. Move for me in that area. It's not bad. God says we should ask because then we can receive. But all I'm saying is, how high on, on, on our asking level is it for us to be asking God, won't you be the center of it all? When last did we pray that? When what last was that the cry of our heart before all of the other stuff? I feel like God is saying is that when we, when we make that the center of our attention, He will give us all the other stuff. And so this morning, I wanna pray for us before we get into the preach. Father, I wanna say thank you for your word. I wanna say thank you that uh, you are an incredible God. And Lord, we do want you to be the center of it all. And Lord, we know, I know that uh, there are times when we just go so off course, Lord, it feels like uh, we're the focus, I'm the focus. Lord, when actually you're wanting uh, you and your kingdom and what it is that you're wanting to do in the world to be the focus. You're, you're wanting us to make you the center of every single aspect of our lives so that our lives will bring you worship, God. And then all of those other things you give unto us. And so Father, I pray that you'll help us with the ordering of our lives. Lord, let this relationship with you be about you being the center, not about us being the center. Father, we ask for that in your wonderful name. Everyone said, amen. Well, we are in a step series, the first week of a three-part uh, series. We're just breaking away from the minor prophets, if you've been tracking with us. And um, so I'm kicking off that series today. But there's one thing that I, I love, one, of, one thing that I find incredible. I mean, there are many things that are incredible about God. But one aspect of who God is that um, I, I'm fascinated by, that I find incredible, something that He calls us to is that He wants us to reflect Him more and more in every single aspect of our lives. He's wanting us to reflect Him and become more like Jesus daily. And I want you just to think about that. He wants us to reflect Him. That's incredible. Think about it like this. When Jesus came to the earth, um, he, he, he came representing and revealing the Father's character, the Father's ways. 
And he actually said to those that uh, would, would gather, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he does something incredible um, as, as he gets to the end of his ministry on earth. He says, I'm calling you guys, that's us, to be ambassadors in the earth. To be ambassadors who will, in the same way that I represented the Father, His character and His ways, I'm calling you to be um, ambassadors to reflect me. Why God would do that with such an imperfect people like you and I, I have no idea. But He's called us to do that. And He is wanting to reflect Himself through us. And uh, that is something that is incredible for me. But in order to do that, we need to mature we need to grow up. We need to become more like Jesus. And, uh, and we mature like that when we, we find ourselves in places where, where we can grow under Him. And so I think it's so important not to overcomplicate this aspect of maturing. I think sometimes we've overcomplicated it. We know we need to mature, but it's just got so complicated. It really is just a matter of us taking another step of obedience in Jesus. As we read what we see in Scripture, we apply what we see in Scripture and we begin to reflect Him more. Today, tomorrow, the day after. He's not wanting us, to, wanting us to only reflect Him when we almost like Him. No, daily as we become more like Him, reflect Him. And so at, at, at City, our aim is to help people get and keep Jesus first in their lives. And we're wanting to do that by being a simple church. Simon spoke about it a little bit just now. A simple church. A couple of years ago when Glenn was busy uh, leading the church, we as an eldership team felt God saying that He's wanting us to be a simple church. A church that's going to help people to go deep with Jesus, but it's going to help people to take steps and mature in Jesus um, Jesus too. And so we aim to do that through three environments, gatherings, groups, initiatives. You're sitting in a gathering right now. City Kids is a gathering. City Youth is a gathering. City Core, uh, uh, City Crew, um, City Women is a gathering, a space where we can sit under the Word with other believers and hear and get to know Jesus better. Groups, it's where people meet during the week, 12 to 15 people in, in homes all around the city to grow in Jesus, to mature in Jesus, to help each other to be built up in Jesus. Initiatives, you'll often hear us say there's an initiative block coming up. It's usually a week uh, in, in length and we focus on some specific subjects. What does Jesus have to say for our marriages, for our parenting, for our finances? Because we are wanting Jesus to be the center of all of those different things. So we're a simple church trying to help uh, people get and keep Jesus first in their lives. We don't want to just get Jesus first. We want to keep Him first. And we try to do that by, in each one of those environments, helping people to take steps, five steps. At least one of these. Saved, added, built, filled, purposed. Every single one of us has a next step to take. Doesn't matter whether we consider ourselves to be a seasoned follower of Jesus, whether we consider ourselves to be a, a beginner in this journey with Jesus. Maybe you might be sitting or listening online and today you don't even um, consider yourself to have started this journey with Jesus. Well, there's a next step for every single one of us that's listening today. And it's just, uh, many of these are ongoing steps. We don't tick the box and hey, now that's it. Simon said, uh, spoke about landing. I have the privilege of leading that with, with a team of people. Can I tell you how incredible it's been to see how the simple church model has helped people to take steps? Sometimes people will come to landing, they don't even know Jesus yet. They haven't even begun the journey. 
But through the course of Landy, they begin that journey of relationship with Jesus. And then other people begin to slot into different things where they can be built, where they, where, where, where they can mature in Jesus. And it's incredible to see. And so... I want to invite you to landing, whether you are new here at City or not sign up in our steps area, as Simon said, and it's just outside here. If you're online, then hey, uh, email me, Vaughan at citygodfirst.co.za, and we'll pop your name on the list. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at, uh, at this, the, the, these steps, and I'm going to look at two of them today. First two, saved and built. Saved step. So easy for those of us who have taken this step to switch off right now. Tick the box, I've taken the safe step. I felt that God wants to say to you this morning um, that, that, that He's wanting to remind you how great your salvation is. He's wanting to remind you what Jesus has saved you from. He's wanting a gratitude to rise up in your hearts once again so that that gratitude that rises up in your hearts will make you somebody who will help others to take, uh, uh, to take the safe step. And so I want you to check in today if you've taken the safe step. This isn't, hey, I've done it. No, God is wanting to speak specifically to you today. But then there's some of us and we are, we are sitting here watching online and you're still exploring who this Jesus is and you're kind of thinking, what is he on about when it comes to the safe step? Well, what I mean when I say safe step and what we mean is it's that step that we take in order to start our relationship with God. It's that step that we take in order to start our relationship with God. You see, you might be coming to church regularly. You might be hearing a whole lot of teaching, taking some of it and applying it to your life. Um, you might be loving it. You might even be getting more involved when it comes to church life. But that does not bring you into a relationship with Jesus. Those are wonderful things, but they don't start off that relationship. That relationship with Jesus starts when we take the safe step. And so let's take a look at what that safe step is. I'm going to look at uh, five points to help us understand that safe step. And the, uh, uh, I'm going to, yeah, these are the points. Our, our sin, God's love, our response, and the result. So let's start with our sin. Why am I starting there? Because it's our sin that separates us from God. It's our sin that necessitated Jesus coming to the earth. It's our sin that messes up our lives. And so we're starting there. We're starting there because sin corrupts everything. And it corrupts us completely. It corrupts me and it corrupts you. See, the Bible teaches that, that you and I, as part of the human race, live in a, we are completely depraved and totally depraved in our sinfulness. And so God is wanting to speak to us this morning. See, every single one of us is corrupted by sin. Romans 3 verse 10 to 12 says this, as it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have, have together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. Verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, you and I, every single one of us have sinned. We fall short of God's standard. Can't save ourselves out of this dilemma. We can't get ourselves out of this dilemma. We need Jesus to save and rescue us. So our sin corrupts everyone. And then our sin corrupts our hearts. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? 
See, your hearts and my hearts don't naturally want to obey God. Mark 7 verse 21 to 23 says, For it is from within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. You see, our hearts don't want to please God. Our heart's desire isn't uh, to please God, but it's to please ourselves. And in this way, our hearts are sick. And our hearts need a cure. And only Jesus can be that cure. Our sin also corrupts our minds. Romans 8 verse 7 and 8 says, The mind governed by the flesh, or that's just another term for saying, uh, the mind governed by, governed by sin, this lifestyle of sin, this habitual um, sinning, is hostile to God does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. See, without uh, Jesus, our minds have one bent. Our minds have one focus. And that focus is to satisfy the desires of the flesh, to satisfy the desires of sin. It's to live sinfully. That is our focus without Jesus. That's where our mind naturally goes. We can try to be better. We can try to set New Year's resolutions, but we're unable to actually make that happen and succeed. Why? Because we actually need God's Spirit to help us to live in a godly way. We need, uh, when, we, when we take the safe step, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And his, his Spirit then helps us to live as the people of God. Helps our minds to be governed by God's ways rather than just our ways. Our sin also enslaves us. Romans 3 verse 9 says, What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. Jews were God's uh, people. Uh, they were under the power of sin. Jews and Gentiles today are also God's people. And we all have been under the power of sin. We, we, we can't become His people by ourselves. We need to be freed from the power of sin by Jesus Himself in order to become His people. So that's a lot to swallow. I mean, the corruption's pretty bad. No one, and, and no one is exempted. Um, every single aspect of our lives is corrupted. So what, is, what does that mean for us? What is, where does that leave us? Well, because of our sin, the Bible says we deserve God's wrath. John 3 verse 18 says, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. John 3 verse 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son is eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. You see, Jesus has made a way for us to be freed from our sin. But have we believed in him? That is the question. The question is if we, the, the, the fact remains that if we do not believe in him, if we reject him, we stand condemned already. And his wrath, the Bible says, remains on us. That's a whole lot of bad news. But there's some wonderfully good news. Exceedingly abundantly good news. That brings me to my second point. God's love. It says in John 3 verse 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. You see how good God is? He doesn't just leave us in a place where He's gonna say, hey, listen, you're just condemned. He, provi- he provides a way, and that way is Jesus. Because God loves, He sends His Son. And He sends His Son to save us, not to condemn us. That is incredible. God never just uh, says, hey, listen, guys, I love you, but He demonstrates His love towards us. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, God demonstrates His love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus died for us, not when we became perfect, but while we were still sinners. That's good news. That's good news because none of us are ever gonna be perfect. We're never gonna attain the goal. We've just read that. Jesus died for us. He took the judgment that we should have received for our sin upon Himself so that you and I will never have to face the wrath of God. You know, I I don't like to be on anybody's bad side. Can I tell you something? You definitely don't wanna be on God's bad side. There's gonna be a day when He's gonna judge sin, but for now, He's given us an opportunity, an opportunity to be saved and to be rescued. Jesus never gave his life under duress. He gave his life willingly. It wasn't just that the father said, okay, Jesus, I've decided you're gonna go and save these guys and you're gonna die. No, Jesus willingly gave his life. He willingly died because he loves you. He willingly died because he was willing to take your judgment and my judgment on himself. It says this in John 10 verse 18, Jesus talking about um, his life and him about to die. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I've received from my Father. And so we see God's love. But what is our response? As we see our sin and we see God's love, what is our response gonna be? Well, we have to respond. We have to receive this gift of salvation. We have to receive Jesus. Romans 10 verse nine to 10 says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We take the step when we call on His name, when we believe in His work on the cross for us, when we believe that Jesus died so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus died so that we would never need to be judged for our sin. What's the result of our response? If we respond and say, Jesus, I believe in you, forgive me. The result is that we are forgiven. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we are forgiven, but we also have a new identity. John 1 verse 12 to 13 says, yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Born not because parents decided, hey, I want some children. Born because God stepped into our life. Born born spiritually to a heavenly family becoming part of God's household. So we're known as His children. 
a whole new identity. Not only that, but we're also known as his people. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10 says this, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. As the people of God, we have received mercy. Not judgment, mercy. So we have a new identity. We are special people, His people. We also, as a result of responding to Him, can live as a person who reflects this God of heaven. You see, when we give our lives to Jesus, He gives us His Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so His Spirit helps us deliver His people. Not only that, but we've been made alive to God. There was a time when we were dead to the things of God. Um, if I had to explain it, it's kind of like, you know, you've got a friend and uh, you're just great friends, a guy, guy and a girl, and they're just great friends and you go for coffee and then, you know, you're kind of dead, dead, dead to each other. You're great friends, but hey, there's no, nothing else there. And then all of a sudden... You start feeling these emotions and you kind of think, yes, I could actually marry, marry this girl. She's amazing and she's beautiful. And um, it's, it's a little bit like that. It's like we've been awakened. We've been made alive to God now. And all of a sudden, we want to do some things that we didn't want to do previously. He put some things in our heart that takes us beyond ourselves and causes us to have to depend on Him and trust in Him and see Him moving in our lives. Um, he makes us alive to Him. He gives us um, almost like an antenna for God that we never, ever had before. But I guess the question is, is are we aware of that? Are we so aware that we, that, that, that we have um, received this gift. We now um, can know God and live for Him. Ephesians 2 is where, where, where you would have found that we're dead in our sins, but now we've been made alive to God. And so we really can be the ambassadors that God has always wanted His people to be. We really can represent Him. We really can uh, love others with His love. We really can show um, His care and concern to other people, just like Jesus did. Came from heaven and people flocked to Him as He showed them the love and the care of His heavenly Father. We can do exactly the same thing. We can do the same thing because we are alive to Him. We can be a different people, God's people, a people who display and reflect Him. Genesis 12 verse 1 and 2 says this, um, God calls Abraham and he makes Abraham a promise. And in verse two, it says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. So God says to Abraham, you're gonna be a great nation. I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna be a blessing. Well, can I tell you something? We are part of that great, great nation now because we have become the children and the people of God. And... Um, and, and, and so we have received God's blessing, this blessing of salvation and many other blessings beyond that, but we're not meant to keep it to ourselves. We read here that uh, we will be a blessing to other nations, to the people around about us. Us who know God will be a blessing to those who do not yet know Him. And so I wanna encourage you um, to recognize yourself as somebody who is an ambassador for Christ, an ambassador reflecting and revealing 
um, Him to those round about us. See, He doesn't just want us to know the blessing of salvation. He doesn't just want us to be built up when I get to the next step. He's wanting us to pass that on and He's wanting us to build others up. And that really brings me to my, my next step, which is the bold step. If you had to ask me, what does the bold step mean? It's an ongoing step, let me say that. We don't ever arrive. We're going to be built until the day that we meet Jesus face to face. What, what, what are we being built in? We are being built to, be, to become more like Jesus, to look more like Jesus. That is what's happening, to mature in Him. It's kind of like when a child is born, there's a lot of um, teaching and uh, molding that needs to take place from the parent's side. Well, it's exactly the same for us who become children of God. Um, he wants to mold us and shape us. And uh, those of us who are parents, sometimes one, somebody will say, well, often say it to us. I don't know if it's just because our kids are tall or whether we've actually deposited some good character traits into our kids' lives. But um, they'll say, yes, we can see those are your kids, eh? Those are definitely Harvey children, right? Well, God is wanting uh, people to be able to say those are definitely God's children. Those are definitely um, the people of God representing me I'm Him in the earth. There's something different about them. They're loving people. They're caring people. They're confident people. They're peaceful people. They're hopeful people. God's people. And so um, the built step is all about maturing and becoming more like Jesus. As I said, it's going to be a step that we're going to take um, in an ongoing way. But I think sometimes what happens is we're content to just be happy with a saved step. We're just so happy that we're not going to hell and that we're not going to be judged. When God has so much more for us as His people. See, it's, it's a shallow and a narrow view to think like that. God has something much bigger for us. He is um, wanting us to know God and be changed by God. And so you see Paul when he writes to the Romans, the first 11 chapters, First 11 chapters are spent telling them how to be saved, what salvation is. Then from, from chapter 12 onwards, Paul begins to write and say, this is how you ought to live as saved people. It's always the two together. Not just saved to go to heaven, but saved to be ambassadors and live as saved people in the earth. And so why would we even want to be built? Well, if I had to look at the overarching main reason, the primary reason, is because we want to reflect Jesus. Because we have been saved and received Jesus' love and we know what it is to know God, we want to reflect that to the world. You and I don't want to keep it to ourselves, because hey, we've got 70 years, 80, 90, maybe 100 years in this life and then we've got eternity before us. We want other people to come to know, to come to know Jesus. Romans 12 verse one says it like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We're wanting our lives to be worshiping Jesus, every single aspect of it. See, it's kind of like we, we, we say, Lord, come into my life, but Lord, have all of me, use all of me. Can't just be God, come into my life, and I'm just so glad I'm not going to hell. It's God, come into my life, shape my life, make my life, use my life so that I can be somebody who reveals Jesus to the world. So I want to ask you a question. Is your life bringing Jesus worship? 
I don't mean do you come to church and sing, do you put on uh, CDs at home and uh, sing in the shower and make a noise and everybody thinks just keep quiet. Maybe put some CDs, worship CDs on in the car. I don't mean that. I mean is your life singing worship to God. When people look at your life, does it look like God is number one in your life? Because that's what God's wanting. He's wanting us to reflect Him. He knows we're not gonna get it perfectly right. That's why I sent Jesus. But we should be making progress. We should be making progress looking less like we did before we knew Jesus and more, more like Jesus now post coming to know Jesus. He doesn't want us to stay the same. What's the point of that? So how are we built? Um, I think we built in uh, two areas. I'm sure there are more, but I think these are two key ones that we need to take hold of this morning. We are built through truth. Romans 12 verse two says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. See, the day we come to Jesus, we know we are destined for heaven, but there's some old patterns of thinking and behavior that we have brought with us to this point. And we don't easily um, step out of those old patterns of thinking and behavior. Um, we continue to sometimes believe them, even although God's word says something different. And so we are wanting to have our minds transformed so that we no longer live in those old patterns of thinking. So that we can know God's freedom in the life that we're living this side of eternity. Know God's goodness in the life that we're living this side of eternity. Um, that's why we're wanting to to expose ourselves to truth, expose ourselves to God's Word. I want to read a, a story. Some of the ladies and those of you who, are, um, who have liked the City Woman page would have seen, would have seen uh, that their Friday features every week. And this last Friday, uh, my daughter wrote, wrote a little bit of a testimony when it comes to uh, what God has uh, done in her life. And it illustrates this point really well. She's 15 years old. This is what she wrote. For quite a while, I struggled, struggled with self-worth and insecurity and it ate away at me to the point where I didn't like anything about myself and I constantly overthought every situation. Then one day in lockdown, I was reading Romans 9 and I came across this verse. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? It really sunk in deep because I realized that God, the creator of the universe, the ends of the earth, and all the most beautiful destinations around the world chose me, not because he needed me, but because he wanted me. And I'm asking him why he made me the way he did. I realized in that moment that God had a purpose for my life and he formed me to fulfill this purpose. What is that purpose? Purpose to display Jesus ultimately. There's some specific things that God will um, give us to do, but it's ultimately in whatever we do to bring Jesus glory. And so our minds are transformed, but it's not just a matter of renewing our minds. We're being transformed into a someone, not a something. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are being transformed. That word actually means metamorphosis. It's like we have received Jesus and now He is busy changing us to look like Himself. There's a metamorphosis taking place inside our lives. And it happens when we expose ourselves to God's truth, to God's Word.
when we're having our devotions, just like my daughter was, when, we, when we're reading Scripture, praying Scripture, applying Scripture, when we're finding ourselves in a city group and we're uh, looking at the Word and sharing it together, it uh, doesn't matter in what setting uh, it is where we're sitting under the instruction of God's Word. It's going to transform our minds and transform our lives if we will obey it into, into Jesus. This setting is an incredibly important one. Being in a gathering is important. God puts pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets in place so that we can grow. Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 15 says, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. And so sitting under truth yeah, is really important. It helps us to know God, to be built up in God, to mature in Him, to know what truth is and isn't so that we're not deceived. It helps us to be equipped. So we're built through truth, but we're also built through community. Ephesians, well, let me say this first. You're not going to mature and grow as God would want you to mature and grow if you live, if you live uh, your life as an island. God wants us to be connected to Him and connected to His people. Ephesians 4 verse 16 says this, From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want you to see that it's not just about a, a pastor telling you what to do or telling you what the Word of God is. No, it's about us being in each other's midst so that we can build each other up. The pastors build uh, you up. The teachers build you up. We build each other up. And so God is wanting us to be connected to Him and connected to each other. You're specifically placed in His body and the body really is the people of God. God says this, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. All different. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. God places us in His body so that we can be useful to Him. And He's placed you here for this season of, season of your life. We're not going to grow well if uh, we live apart from each other. But in a COVID world, it looks a little bit different, doesn't it? Over the last couple of weeks, there have been some people who have only come to church for the first time in a couple of months. They've been watching online. But they've been gathering. Just looks a little bit different. It's like if we, if, if, if we need to be building each other up like we read this, how does it happen in a COVID world? I think there's lots of opportunities for us to continue to build each other up. When last did you pick up the phone to check in how that person that you sit next to every single week is? Have you dropped them an SMS? Are you praying for them? Maybe God wants to put a verse in your heart that you can send to them via WhatsApp to encourage them. 
There's lots of ways that we can continue to build each other up, even although we're not sitting in the same room together. Those of you that are online, check in with guys that are in the, in the room. Find out how they are. Pray for them. If there's somebody that you hear is in need, let's be the body of Christ where we reach out and we help each other. And so God wants us to be saved, but He also wants us to be built up. Built up. The question is, are you, be, are you saved and maturing? Or are you just sitting at the place where you were saved? It's time to take a new step. It's time to take a step in various areas of your life. Might be your finances, it might be your relationships. Um, whatever area He's wanting His Word to come to bear on your life. Um, so that patterns of behaviour can change and you can live for His glory. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads. I just want to ask you, how are you doing when it comes to being built? Are you taking time to expose yourself to God's Word in personal devotions? Prayer? What about gatherings? Are you attending in person or online? Or have, has it just been an area where you've become a little bit lazy in? God's saying today that He's wanting you, you to place yourself in a position where you can be exposed to His Word. Maybe you need to grow in an area. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't even really know how to read the Bible. What about thinking about taking a step and signing up for Institute? That's what the topic's going to be when next Institute uh, runs. When we start advertising that, why don't you sign up for that? What about a group? Are you part of a group? You're touching base uh, with other believers, similar stage of life as you, going through uh, similar things. People who hear, f- hear from God and has God encourage them, they can encourage you and, and you can do the same uh, for them. Have you ever been to the landing? Maybe you've been coming to city for a while, but you can't really say, I've joined this church. It's not about the joining the church and finding out about the church as much as it is about you being a person who's saying, God, I'm wanting to mature in you. What is my next step? But if you are looking in and you're saying, hey, what is this church about? Landing is the perfect place for you. What about the safe step? Have you taken that step and you've ticked the box, but you're not helping anybody else to take that step? God's wanting to help you today to take that step to begin to step out and tell others about this relationship that you have with Jesus. Maybe you've never ever proclaimed publicly that you've actually put your faith in Jesus. That's really what water baptism is that Simon spoke about earlier on. It's an opportunity for you to do that on the 16th of May. Why don't you sign up in the steps area for that? Email me. Then there's some of you that have actually never taken the safe step. You're very aware of your sin You've seen some of, some of the heartache and pain that your sin has brought upon your life. You're not happy, you want to know God. Well, you need to take the safe step. It's your opportunity today to take that step. How do you do it? You see your sin f- f- uh, and how bad it is and in the same light you see that Jesus has made a way for you to be forgiven of your sin. And you simply just ask Him to do that and for Him to come into your life and to help you to live in a way that pleases Him and worships Him. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray for all of us. Father, we all have a step to take, including myself. 
Lord, I pray that today will be a day we will take a next step, whatever that step is for us. Lord, I pray that we would be lovers of your truth, that we would expose ourselves to your truth often. Lord, that we would find ourselves in community often, online, in person. Lord, where we are able to grow together, where we are able to challenge each other in love, where we are able to come to an understanding of who God is together. Father, I pray that we would not neglect the bold step. Lord, I pray for those of us who have taken the saved step. And Lord, maybe we've just got stuck there, not growing, not telling others about Jesus. Lord, we are saying today that uh, we want to take our next step. We want to be built and we want to help others. And Lord, I want to pray for people who are taking the safe step for the first time today. They're sitting at home, sitting here, and they're saying, that's me. That's you. I'm going to just uh, pray a prayer for you and you can just kind of say amen at the end of it or echo it in your heart as I pray it. Father, won't you forgive my sin? I see how much you love me today. Only in a small way, but it warms my heart. And Lord, I pray that you'll forgive my sin. Come into my life. Help me to live for you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Let's uh, stand. Let's worship.